because there are two full moons in August. Ah, uh, well, this is the beginning of the month. And uh, the full moon was just a couple days ago. And so, uh, you know, rel- relatively on time for a slow stuffed bear. Um, there's a, another full moon. Well, there'll be a new moon in the middle. Uh, but I, I won't be back for that. Uh, but then there's going to be another full moon at the very end of the month. So that's pretty exciting. And uh, the the current full moon is a super moon, so that's pretty super. Uh, yeah, this is um, I have I have a sweet little show for you today. It's kind of a kind of a quiet, summery little show. Just some uh, uh, lots of lots of short poems and long pauses. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, it's sometimes it's good to just slow things down a bit, especially in in the middle of summer here. Uh, so I'm gonna read to you some some uh, selections from A. A. Milne's uh, "When We Were Very Young," and yeah, it's just uh, I hope you I hope you find it meditative and and can can get into the silences between the poems too. Um, it's a, it's a quieter show than usual, uh, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we're uncomfortable in the quiet, but uh, quiet uh, is necessary, and so I hope, I hope you won't be uncomfortable with these pauses, but instead you'll just take, take the time to, to breathe and, and kind of sink, sink down and into yourself, and uh, yeah, enjoy. When We Were Very Young, by A. A. Milne, published in 1924. Just before we begin. At one time, but I have changed my mind now, I thought I was going to write a little note at the top of each of these poems in the manner of Mr. William Wordsworth, who liked to tell his readers where he was staying, and which of his friends he was walking with, and what he was thinking about when the idea of writing his poem came to him. You will find some lines about a swan here, if you get as far as that. And I should have explained to you in the note that Christopher Robin, who feeds this swan in the mornings, has given him the name of Pooh. This is a very fine name for a swan, because if you call him and he doesn't come, which is a thing swans are good at, then you can pretend that you were just saying Pooh to show how little you wanted him. Well, I should have told you that there are six cows who come down to Pooh's lake every afternoon to drink, and of course they say moo as they come. So I thought to myself one fine day, walking with my friend Christopher Robin, moo rhymes with poo. Surely there is a bit of poetry to be got out of that. Well, then I began to think about the swan on his lake, and at first I thought how lucky it was that his name was Pooh. And then I didn't think about that any more, 
and the poem came quite differently from what I intended. And all I can say for it now is that, if it hadn't been for Christopher Robin, I shouldn't have written it, which indeed is all I can say for any of the others. So this is why these verses go about together, because they are all friends of Christopher Robin. And if I left out one because it was not quite like the one before, then I should have to leave out the one before because it was not quite like the next, which would be disappointing for them. Then there is another thing. You may wonder sometimes who is supposed to be saying the verses. Is it the author, that strange but uninteresting person? Or is it Christopher Robin, or some other boy or girl or nurse or who? If I had followed Mr. Wordsworth's plan, I could have explained this each time. But as it is, you will have to decide for yourselves. If you are not quite sure, then it is probably who. I don't know if you have ever met who, but he is one of those curious children who look four on Monday and eight on Tuesday and are really 28 on Saturday, and you never know whether it is the day when he can pronounce his R's. He had a great deal to do with these verses. In fact, you might almost say that this book is entirely the unaided work of Christopher Robin, who, and Mr. Shepherd, who drew the pictures. They have said thank you politely to each other several times, and now they say it to you for taking them into your house. Thank you so much for asking us. We've come. A.A.M. Corner of the Street Down by the corner of the street, where the three roads meet, and the feet of the people as they pass go tweet, tweet, tweet. Who comes tripping round the corner of the street? One pair of shoes which are nurses, one pair of slippers which are Percy's. Tweet, tweet, tweet. The Christening <clears throat> What shall I call my dear little dormouse? His eyes are small, but his tail is enormous. I sometimes call him Terrible John, because his tail goes on and on and on. And I sometimes call him Terrible Jack, because his tail goes on to the end of his back. And I sometimes call him Terrible James, because he says he likes me calling him names. But I think I shall call him Jim, because I am so fond of him. Puppy and I. I met a man as I went walking. We got talking, man and I. Where are you going to, man, I said. I said to the man as he went by. Down to the village to get some bread. Will you come with me? No, not I. I met a horse as I went walking. We got talking, horse and I. Where are you going to, horse, today? I said to the horse as he went by. Down to the village to get some hay. Will you come with me? No, not I. I met a woman as I went walking. We got talking, woman and I. Where are you going to, woman, so early? I said to the woman as she went by. Down to the village to get some barley. Will you come with me? No, not I. I met some rabbits as I went walking. We got talking, rabbits and I. Where are you going in your brown fur coats? I said to the rabbits as they went by. Down to the village to get some oats. Will you come with us? No, not I. I met a puppy as I went walking. We got talking, puppy and I. Where are you going this nice fine day? I said to the puppy as he went by. Up in the hills to roll and play. I'll come with you, puppy, said I. Twinkle Toes When the sun shines through the leaves of the apple tree, 
when the sun makes shadows of the leaves of the apple tree. Then I pass on the grass from one leaf to another, from one leaf to its brother. Tiptoe, tiptoe, here I go. The Four Friends Ernest was an elephant, a great big fellow. Leonard was a lion with a six-foot tail. George was a goat, and his beard was yellow, and James was a very small snail. Leonard had a stall and a great big strong one. Ernest had a manger, and its walls were thick. George found a pen, but I think it was the wrong one, and James sat down on a brick. Ernest started trumpeting and cracked his manger. Leonard started roaring and shivered his stall. James gave the huffle of a snail in danger, and nobody heard him at all. Ernest started trumpeting and raised such a rumpus. Leonard started roaring and trying to kick. James went a journey with the goat's new compass, and he reached the end of his brick. Ernest was an elephant and very well-intentioned. Leonard was a lion with a brave new tail. George was a goat, as I think I have mentioned, but James was only a snail. Lines and Squares Whenever I walk in a London street, I'm ever so careful to watch my feet, and I keep in the squares and the masses of bears who wait at the corners all ready to eat the sillies who tread on the lines of the street, go back to their lairs, and I say to them, Bears, just look how I'm walking in all of the squares. And the little bears growl to each other, He's mine, as soon as he's silly and steps on a line. And some of the bigger bears try to pretend that they came round the corner to look for a friend, and they try to pretend that nobody cares whether you walk on the lines or squares. But only the sillies believe their talk. It's ever so important how you walk. And it's ever so jolly to call out, Bears, just watch me walking in all the squares. Brownie. In a corner of the bedroom is a great big curtain. Someone lives behind it, but I don't know who. I think it is a brownie, but I'm not quite certain. Nanny isn't certain, too. I looked behind the curtain, but he went so quickly. Brownies never wait to say, how do you do? They wriggle off at once because they're all so tickly. Nanny says they're tickly, too. Independence I never did, I never did, I never did like, now take care, dear. I never did, I never did, I never did want, hold my hand. I never did, I never did, I never did think much of, not up there, dear. It's no good saying it, they don't understand. Market Square I had a penny, a bright new penny. I took my penny to the Market Square. I wanted a rabbit, a little brown rabbit, and I looked for a rabbit most everywhere. For I went to the stall where they sold sweet lavender. Only a penny for a bunch of lavender. Have you got a rabbit? Because I don't want lavender. But they hadn't got a rabbit, not anywhere there. I had a penny, and I had another penny. I took my pennies to the market square. I did want a rabbit, a little baby rabbit, and I looked for rabbits most everywhere. And I went to the stall where they sold fresh mackerel. Now then, tuppence for a fresh-caught mackerel. Have you got a rabbit? Because I don't like mackerel. But 
they hadn't got a rabbit, not anywhere there. I found a sixpence, a little white sixpence. I took it in my hand to the market square. I was buying my rabbit. I do like rabbits, and I looked for my rabbit most everywhere. So I went to the stall where they sold fine saucepans. Walk up, walk up, sixpence for a saucepan. Could I have a rabbit? Because we've got two saucepans. But they hadn't got a rabbit, not anywhere there. I had nothing. No, I hadn't got nothing. So I didn't go down to the market square. But I walked on the common, the old gold common. And I saw little rabbits most everywhere. So I'm sorry for the people who sell fine saucepans. I'm sorry for the people who sell fresh mackerel. I'm sorry for the people who sell sweet lavender. Because they haven't got a rabbit. Not anywhere there. Daffodowndilly. She wore her yellow sunbonnet. She wore her greenest gown. She turned to the south wind and curtsied up and down. She turned to the sunlight and shook her yellow head and whispered to her neighbor, Winter is dead. Spring morning. Where am I going? I don't quite know. Down to the stream where the kingcups grow. Up on the hill where the pine trees blow. Anywhere, anywhere, I don't know. Where am I going? The clouds sail by. Little ones, baby ones over the sky. Where am I going? The shadows pass. Little ones, baby ones over the grass. If you were a cloud and sailed up there, you'd sail on water as blue as air. And you'd see me here in the fields and say, doesn't the sky look green today? Where am I going? The high rooks call. It's awful fun to be born at all. Where am I going? The ring doves coo. We do have beautiful things to do. If you were a bird and lived on high, you'd lean on the wind when the wind came by. You'd say to the wind when it took you away, that's where I wanted to go today. Where am I going? I don't quite know. What does it matter where people go? Down to the wood where the bluebells grow? Anywhere, anywhere. I don't know. The Island If I had a ship, I'd sail my ship. I'd sail my ship through eastern seas, down to a beach where the slow waves thunder. The green curls over and the white falls under. Boom, boom, boom on the sun-bright sand. Then I'd leave my ship and I'd land and climb the steep white sand. And climb to the trees, the six dark trees, the coconut trees on the cliff's green crown. Hands and knees to the coconut trees, face to the cliff as the stones patter down. Up, 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 staggering, stumbling, round the corner where the rock is crumbling, round this shoulder, over this boulder, up to the top where the six trees stand. And there would I rest and lie, my chin in my hands, and gaze at the dazzle of sand below, and the green waves curling slow, and the gray-blue distant haze where the sea goes up to the sky. And I'd say to myself as I look so lazily down at the sea, there's nobody else in the world, and the world was made for me.
at the zoo. There are lions and roaring tigers and enormous camels and things. There are buffalo, buffalo, bisons, and a great big bear with wings. There's a sort of a tiny potamus and a tiny noceros too. But I gave buns to the elephant when I went down to the zoo. There are badgers and bitchers and bodgers and a superintendent's house. There are masses of goats and a polar and different kinds of mouse. And I think there's a sort of a something which is called a wallaboo. But I gave buns to the elephant when I went down to the zoo. If you try to talk to the bison, he never quite understands. You can't shake hands with a mingo. He doesn't like shaking hands. And lions and roaring tigers hate saying, how do you do? But I give buns to the elephant when I go down to the zoo. Rice pudding. What is the matter with Mary Jane? She's crying with all her might and main. And she won't eat her dinner, rice pudding again. What is the matter with Mary Jane? What is the matter with Mary Jane? I've promised her dolls and a daisy chain and a book about animals all in vain. What is the matter with Mary Jane? What is the matter with Mary Jane? She's perfectly well and she hasn't a pain. But look at her now, she's beginning again. What is the matter with Mary Jane? What is the matter with Mary Jane? I've promised her sweets and a ride in the train and I've begged her to stop for a bit and explain. What is the matter with Mary Jane? What is the matter with Mary Jane? She's perfectly well and she hasn't a pain. And it's lovely rice pudding for dinner again. What is the matter with Mary Jane? Missing. Has anybody seen my mouse? I opened his box for half a minute, just to make sure he was really in it. And while I was looking, he jumped outside. I tried to catch him. I tried. I tried. I think he's somewhere about the house. Has anyone seen my mouse? Uncle John, have you seen my mouse? Just a small sort of mouse, a dear little brown one. He came from the country. He wasn't a town one. So he'll feel all lonely in a London street. Why, what could he possibly find to eat? He must be somewhere. I'll ask Aunt Rose. Have you seen a mouse with a waffly nose? Oh, somewhere about. He's just got out. Hasn't anybody seen my mouse? Hoppity. Christopher Robin goes hoppity 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 hop. Whenever I tell him politely to stop it, he says he can't possibly stop. If he stopped hopping, he couldn't go anywhere. Poor little Christopher couldn't go anywhere. That's why he always goes hoppity 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 hop. The Wrong House I went into a house, and it wasn't a house. It has big steps and a great big hall, but it hasn't got a garden, a garden, a garden. It isn't like a house at all. I went into a house, and it wasn't a house. It has a big garden and a great high wall, but it hasn't got a may tree, a may tree, a may tree. It isn't like a house at all. I went into a house, and it wasn't a house. Slow white petals from the may tree fall, but it hasn't got a blackbird, a blackbird, a blackbird. It isn't like a house at all. I went into a house and I thought it was a house, 
I could hear from the may tree the blackbird call. But nobody listened to it, nobody liked it, nobody wanted it at all. Summer Afternoon Six brown cows walked down to drink. All the little fishes blew bubbles at the mayfly. Splash goes the first as he comes to the brink. Swish go the tails of the five who follow. Twelve brown cows bend drinking there. All the little fishes went waggle tail, waggle tail. Six from the water and six from the air. Up and down the river darts a blue-black swallow. The Dormouse and the Doctor There once was a dormouse who lived in a bed of delphiniums blue and geraniums red, and all the day long he had a wonderful view of geraniums red and delphiniums blue. A doctor came hurrying round, and he said, Tut, tut, I am sorry to find you in bed. Just say ninety-nine while I look at your chest. Don't you find that chrysanthemums answer the best? The dormouse looked round at the view and replied, when he'd said ninety-nine, that he'd tried and he'd tried, and much the most answering things that he knew were geraniums red and delphiniums blue. The doctor stood frowning and shaking his head, and he took up his shiny silk hat as he said, What the patient requires is a change, and he went to see some chrysanthemum people in Kent. The dormouse lay there, and he gazed at the view of geraniums red and delphiniums blue, and he knew there was nothing he wanted instead of delphiniums blue and geraniums red. The doctor came back to show what he meant. He brought some chrysanthemum cuttings from Kent. Now these, he remarked, give a much better view than geraniums red and delphiniums blue. They took out their spades and they dug up the bed of delphiniums blue and geraniums red, and they planted chrysanthemums yellow and white. And now, said the doctor, we'll soon have you right. The dormouse looked out and he said with a sigh, I suppose all these people know better than I. It was silly, perhaps, but I did like the view of geraniums red and delphiniums blue. The doctor came round and examined his chest and ordered him nourishment, tonics, and rest. How very effective, he said, as he shook the thermometer, all these chrysanthemums look. The dormouse turned over to shut out the sight of the endless chrysanthemums, yellow and white. How lovely, he thought, to be back in a bed of delphiniums blue and geraniums red. The doctor said, Tut, it's another attack, and ordered him milk and massage of the back, and freedom from worry, and drives in a car, and murmured, How sweet your chrysanthemums are. The dormouse lay there with his paws to his eyes, and imagined himself such a pleasant surprise. I'll pretend the chrysanthemums turned to a bed of delphiniums blue and geraniums red. The doctor next morning was rubbing his hands and saying, There's nobody quite understands these cases as I do. The cure has begun. How fresh the chrysanthemums look in the sun. The dormouse lay happy. His eyes were so tight he could see no chrysanthemums, yellow or white. And all that he felt at the back of his head were delphiniums blue and geraniums red. And that is the reason, Aunt Emily said, if a dormouse gets in a chrysanthemum bed, you will find so Aunt Emily says, that he lies fast asleep on his front with his paws to his eyes. Sand Between the Toes I went down to the shouting sea, taking Christopher down with me, 
for nurse had given us sixpence each, and down we went to the beach. We had sand in the eyes and the ears and the nose, and sand in the hair and sand between the toes. Whenever a good nor'wester blows, Christopher is certain of sand between the toes. The sea was galloping gray and white. Christopher clutched his sixpence tight. We clumbered over the humping sand, and Christopher held my hand. We'd sand in the eyes and the ears and the nose, and sand in the hair and sand between the toes. Whenever a good nor'wester blows, Christopher is certain of sand between the toes. There was a roaring in the sky. The seagulls cried as they blew by. We tried to talk but had to shout. Nobody else was out. When we got home, we had sand in the hair, in the eyes, in the ears, and everywhere. Whenever a good nor'wester blows, Christopher is found with sand between the toes. The Invaders In careless patches through the wood, the clumps of yellow primrose stood, and sheets of white anemones, like driven snow against the trees, had covered up the violet, but left the bluebell bluer yet. Along the narrow carpet ride, with primroses on either side, between their shadows and the sun, the cows came slowly, one by one, breathing the early morning air and leaving it still sweeter there. And one by one, intent upon their purposes, they followed on in ordered silence and were gone. But all the little wood was still, as if it waited so, until some blackbird on an outpost yew watching the slow procession through, lifted his yellow beak at last to whistle that the line had passed. Then all the wood began to sing its morning anthem to the spring. The Mirror Between the woods the afternoon has fallen in a golden swoon. The sun looks down from quiet skies to where a quiet water lies, and silent trees stoop down to trees, and there I saw a white swan make another white swan in the lake. And breast to breast, both motionless, they waited for the wind's caress, and all the water was at ease. The cow says moo, and the moo says cow. Squirrel up in a tree Chipmunk underground How now brown cow Grazing in the sunshine Sitting in the barnyard Feeling just fine Chicken in a coop set them free and never touch me again but if they stick around I'll still feed them now fill up my glass till I say when
sound you make is who you are I had a dream last night about a candy bar I was fast asleep in the backseat of my car Dreaming about a candy bar The cows move And the moon that was Dan Nielsen with The Cow Says Moo. Well, I think it's time to uh, head on over to Miss Mousie's apothecarium and see what she's up to. Uh, so let's, let's hop on the theremin. <laughs> It's me, Mr. Bear. Miss Mousie. Hello. Knock, knock. Miss Mousie, you there? Huh. What's what's this note on the door? Dear Mr. Bear, gone fishing, metaphorically. It's summertime. Rest up. See you next full moon. Huh. Oh, I guess I guess Miss Mousie's not not home today. Uh, she doesn't she doesn't usually go away without uh, telling me. Um, well, I mean, I guess she left this note, but you know, I would I would have gone fishing with her. Um, oh well. Uh, oh, okay. I guess um, I guess we'll we'll see Miss Mousie at the end of the month. Are you or anyone you know a musician? Amateur, professional, experimental? Do you tell stories with music and song? Are you interested in being considered for a potential feature on Mr. Bear's Violet Hour? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, please send samples of your work, links to Bandcamp, SoundCloud, your website, digital demo, tape files on Google Docs, whatever you have, to violethourmoon at gmail.com. Um, that's the show, folks. Uh, thanks so much for spending a little time with me in the Violet Hour today. It was short and sweet. I hope you enjoyed that little trip back in time to A.A. Milne's when we were very young. And I hope uh, your days uh, this August are are filled with rest and uh, a little bit of peace and joy and quiet. Uh, so, uh, as a parting gift, uh, as usual, I'll leave you with an oracle from Norton Jester's The Phantom Tollbooth. I'm just going to paw through, point down, and your oracle is... One by one, the hours passed, and at exactly 5.22, by Tok's very accurate clock, Milo carefully opened one eye, and in a moment, the other. Everything was still purple, dark blue, and black, yet scarcely a minute remained to the long, quiet night. I'll read that one more time. 
One by one, the hours passed, and at exactly 5.22, by Toc's very accurate clock, Milo carefully opened one eye and, in a moment, the other. Everything was still purple, dark blue, and black, yet scarcely a minute remained to the long, quiet night. Well, that's your oracle. Interpret as you will. I hope you have uh, more than a minute left to your long, quiet nights. And uh, I'll be be back uh, for the second full moon uh, the end of the month. So uh, until then, take care and be kind to each other. Theme song and show music by Sugar Whiskey. Mr. Bear and Miss Mousy believe in radical love and kindness, in mutual aid, and empowering ourselves and our communities. Together we can dismantle the white, racist, colonizing, misogynistic, capitalist, homophobic, transphobic, ableist patriarchy. This podcast was recorded on Potawatomi, Kickapoo, Miami, Sioux, and Peoria land. Text your zip code or city comma state to 907-312-5085 and find out whose land you're living on. Uh, You can also go to land.codeforanchorage.org for more information. There's also a helpful map at native-land.ca. This is just the first step in developing a land acknowledgement. Let's learn our history and honor the land and indigenous peoples, past, present, and future. This podcast was produced in collaboration with the Boston Free Radio Podcast Network, part of bostonfreeradio.com and Somerville Media Center, Somerville's longest-running public access media center that enables a vibrant and diverse community to express its creativity, explain its ideas, share its cultures, and foster the individual right to freedom of speech. Learn more about Somerville Media Center at somervillemedia.org or check out some of the other amazing Boston Free Radio podcasts and radio shows at bostonfreeradio.com. Thanks for listening.